it's funny that when we do write down our goals and we've, we're fired up about our goals, we just become really resourceful because you will find a way. Trust yourself, you'll find a way. This whole bucket list thing changes your life. End of story. And it's not just about you. It's about how you can connect with others. What's it like to get paid to run around the world getting to tick off items off your bucket list? How can action lead to your dream? We'll stick around as today's guest shares his answers to these questions and more as he shares his journey. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is Trav Bell, otherwise known as the Bucket List Guy. He's also the founder and CEO of the Bucket List Coaches Company. For the last 10 years, I've been running around the world as the Bucket List Guy, primarily as a speaker and also as a coach. In the last three years, I've also scaled that and leveraged that Bucket List message out. And I'm also now founder and, and CEO of Certified Bucket List Coaches, which of which are in about 22 countries at the moment. So we should kind of like life coaches, but without saying life coaching. So I've been running running this bucket list message for the last 10 years. Prior to that, I was the founder franchisor of a chain of personal fitness training studios. So I, you know, health and fitness, it was, it was PT and now it's PD in terms of personal development. You know, always being an entrepreneur right out of university, starting with my first client out of university. I always love helping people. So that's the that's the track that I've taken the last in the last well, ten years specifically. How did you make the transition? So you were in fitness, and then why did you decide to kind of take this route and do the bucket yeah. list stuff? I went through a, uh, I, I, grew, I grew the first business into a, quite a big business. And with that being said, that also some toxic people came into my life and things got on top of me, bad relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing led to another and I actually went into a mild, mild depression. When I say mild compared to what I hear now, you know, it was relatively mild. So I went into depression and in a pretty sad place there for a while. Instead of actually going on like heavy antidepressants, I decided, no, I don't want to kind of put the band-aid over the top of it I, I want and not sleepwalk through my life. I'd, I'd rather get to the root cause of my own psychology and, and really understand what the hell I was going through. I found myself in doing every personal development course that you could possibly imagine. <laughs> so I spent shitloads of money and every weekend I was walking on fire. I was hugging it out and high-fiving it with strangers. I was, you know, crying on their shoulder, crying mine and, and you know, breaking arrows, breaking boards, bars and all this sort of, you know, all the personal development stuff you do. But learning also NLP, learning positive psychology, learning about psychology and and sort of at the end of all that, a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you teach this stuff? And it helped me actually compartmentalize what I was going through, it helped me justify all the money I'd been spending as well. But at the end of the day, I decided to put on my own seminar and I was 
really scared to do it. <laughs> and but I package in all the stuff from my entrepreneurial journey and all the stuff that I've been uh, learning recently into about a three-hour seminar. And about halfway through that seminar, I started sharing my list to do before I die. I always had one since I was 18. And a lot of people didn't know that about me. So I started sharing the list. I asked everyone else, has anyone else got a list like this, you know, list to do before they die? Not just in their head, but actually written down. I found out really quickly I was the only freak in the room. So it really inspired the group. And and, and then right at the end of it, uh, someone said um, in front of everyone, you're like the bucket list guy, Trav. I went, <gasps> light bulb moment and uh, and went home that night and registered the bucketlistguy.com and I was on the Google machine and I was like, who's like the Mac Daddy? Who's like the king of bucket lists? Oh, look, oh, look no one. So I called myself the world's number one bucket list expert and I've been that ever since. So if that's not a message for all your listeners and watchers, Taylor, I don't know what is. You just got to own your space, right? And, yeah. Or throw yourself, should I say, throw yourself in the deep water and learn how to really swim. So you had this bucket list, you know, since you've been 18 and stuff. Were you actually taking things off of it or was it just yeah, sitting it was. there? Okay. No, it was active. Like wherever I, you know, in, in uni, I started when I was 18. I'm 46 now. So I, I, I kind of, I might have read a Tony Robbins book or something like that. I don't know. I just wrote it down and I kept writing and adding and stuff and crossing stuff off it. But wherever I went around in shared uni and um, shared uni housing and that sort of thing and, you know, different houses as I was kind of coming through, I always had my little blue folder next to my bed that had my little list in it and, uh, and I've still got it today. It was always the thing that I reflected on, that I recalibrated on. It was almost my North Star, so to speak. It's always been my reason for getting out of bed in the morning. It's what gives me gives me a sense of hurry up as well. Why do I set up businesses quick? Why do I why do I say yes to things quicker than most than most? Why do I implement things as soon as they come into my head? Because I want to get on with it. You know, because life is way too short. And we do for a career, what we do for a business, what we do for a job really should produce two things and two things only. And that's to spit out the cash flow and also the time flow for us to do the things that we truly want to do in life, right? Money and time is not the end product here. It's what you do with that money, what you do with that time, what you do with those resources is what really matters. But double bonus though, if you love what you do, and it hits your values, which is your internal rule book, I think that's a holy grail. You know, I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan and not be the other way around. You know, so this really brings, really for me in the early days, it has always brought home, brought home and compartmentalised that work to live principle, you know, not live to work. And we now help people en masse, you know, through our coaching network, really bring home that work to live principle and what I call work-life blend. The impact of having a bucket list, the fact that it forces you to act on it rather than just having these thoughts in your head that, you know, nobody else can see or you can't even visualize, but it's like looking at them or what's the impact of actually writing them down and then saying, I'm going to well, do it. Well, you got, yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but you got to, you've actually got a 42% more likelihood of actually manifesting if you write stuff down, let alone like, if you just write any goal down, let alone a bucket list, you've got a 42% more likelihood. Research suggests that you've got a 42% more likelihood of actually manifesting. 
of them actually showing up. So you're halfway there if you just write shit down and you get it out of your head and separate your bucket list from your daily to-do list. A lot of people don't even write lists down on what they're doing every day, don't even use calendars. So, you know, that's, that's the first step. The one point that I really want to bring home is that like the movie, The Bucket List, if you've seen that, it's a crap movie because, and I've based my whole career on it, but it's like, it's about two guys that get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list. Like, duh, it's a bit late. So the whole thing is let's not wait until you get a use-by date given to you. Let's wake up before any such news comes into your world. Let, let this be a virtual diagnosis. And that's how serious I am about this message. It's, it's all fun and bucket lists and that's a bit, but at the end of the day, I just want to help wake people up, you know, before anything happens. And I'm not b- trying to be the bearer of bad news, but it's funny how people pivot on their priorities when they're given such news and become infinitely resourceful. Suddenly they've got the time, suddenly they've got the money when they're staring down the barrel of how much time they've got left, which is really sad. The first step is is to um, to take time out of your life to work on your life and write this stuff down, and then just go start. You know, go go and action the lowest hanging fruit on that bucket list. Go and go and action that lowest hanging thing. And I did a TED talk a few years ago, which might give some people some guidance. And it's called "Life's Too Short" by Trav Bell. And what I do in that is. And doing that TEDx talk was in front of 2,000 people and I did that live in front of, and that was actually on my bucket list for about three years prior. And yeah, so in that I introduced and unpacked a concept called the My Bucket List Blueprint, which is a 12-letter acronym, 12-letter system for how to write a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list. So this will help you extract, unearth, and articulate your own list. And it's not about comparing yours, Taylor, against anyone else's or mine against yours. Mine's bigger than yours or any shit like that. It's really about unearthing the things that float your boat, the, the things that give you meaning, purpose, and fulfillment and gratitude in your life. It's an opportunity to put your own oxygen mask on first <laughs> before you can help others. You're becoming what I call a bucket lister, which is a glass half full kind of person that's it's having more fun in their life, more adventure in their life, chooses to say yes rather than no more often. When you catch up with them, you, you feel energized versus the kind of person that you catch up with, you feel like you need a wash or a holiday after catching up with them. You know what I mean? The pillars of it is positive psychology. And the positive psychology, if you, if you don't know, is really the psychology or the science of happiness, right? And it's to help people have more meaningful, purposeful, fulfilled, more gratitude, more mindful lives. And um, and we're just putting this kind of, I guess, theme over or the brand of bucket list over the top of it to make this this stuff more tangible. What's the single greatest hurdle that typically stops? You know, like 75, 90% of people from even doing anything on their bucket list. Well, number one, I think there's a fair degree of fear of success and fear or fear of failure. They're the same thing. A lot of people don't even write goals down because they knew they know that something's happened in the past. If I don't write anything down, I can't disappoint myself. And I won't go into the psychology of fear of failure, fear of success right now. It's a long, drawn-out conversation, but a lot of people don't write stuff down because of those two factors. 
and they're basically the same. Really, the deal is that people are so busy being busy, you know, and we're getting busier and busier and busier. And, and, and they're waiting. The biggest mistake is people are waiting for the perfect time, all right? And there is no perfect time. They're waiting for some day to come around. And some day is not a day of the week. They're waiting for things to change or I'm going to get that money or I'm going to get that time and then I'll do my bucket list. It's like, no, you've got to incorporate it into your life now. You've got to choose happiness now. And that's what, that, that's what I want to, that's what I meant by, you know, go after that low-hanging fruit now rather than wait until, because, you know, you knock over a few of these smaller ones and that gives you the momentum and motivation to crush the bigger ones. It really does. This is about choosing, choosing happiness, choosing life. 87% of people who go to work every day in America are what they call disengaged. 87%. That, that means there's 87% of people who go to work every day and just don't really like what they do. They just go there, get the paycheck and go home. And so they can't see past the paycheck. They can't see past the next two weeks that they've got that they've got coming up people are dying at 40 and being buried at 80 i mean that's the that's the thing and and no wonder depression anxiety suicides youth suicides are going up and up and up the over prescription of antidepressants is climbing we've even got this thing now too taylor called the loneliness epidemic the loneliness epidemic and we know what a pandemic is thanks to covid but an epidemic is right on the seals the loneliness epidemic is the adverse effect of social media coming coming to fruition now what does that mean a lot of people think that we're more connected more than ever before but actually we're losing more more and more human connection through technology and social media and so we're actually we're actually psychology our psychology is disconnecting more and more we're all comparing because we're all comparing our behind the scenes footage with someone else's highlights reel every single day how do you combat that then? Connect more. Real connection. Not, hey, how you going? What's been the most memorable bucket list experience that you've had? I'm adopted. And, you know, when I, when I grew up, my dad and I didn't get along that well. You know, it was because my natural father, out of the picture, but my adopted father, he was a fitter and turner his whole life, like a mechanic. And he was in the same job since he was 16 to, to the age of retirement. Me, his adopted son, a serial entrepreneur. So we sort of spoke different languages growing up. But on my early list to do before I die, I put down there that I wanted to uh, do a hike with dad because I knew that we, were, you know, we could drift, drift right apart if we kept this kind of going. But I put on there and I deliberately put on there with intention to do a hike with dad because we did a bit of hiking and bushwalking and stuff growing up. I was found myself on a plane, a four-seater plane with dad, me and his two best mates. This is about eight years ago. Plane dropped us off in southwest Tasmania. Southwest Tasmania. Tasmania is the island off the end of Australia. It's the you know the southernmost state of Australia. The plane dropped us off and then headed off, and we did a hike called the South Coast Track, which is the the, the website says carry eight to 15 days worth of food. You've got to walk back to this place called Cockle Creek. Cockle Creek is the southernmost town in Australia. So I did that with dad and his two best mates. And it was a, you know, an amazing adventure. And we all through, it was hot, horrific weather and it was great weather and it was crap. And it was going through creeks and 
all sorts of wildlife and up and down mountains. It took us nine, nine or 10 days, about 500 meters from the end. And I was walking frustratingly behind dad, nearly, nearly at the end of this whole thing. And we really, you know, did bond over that time. And just before we, we finished and where we had lunch, I said to dad, dad, doing this, doing this hike with you is, has been on my bucket list for the last, I don't know, I think it was five years. And uh, dad, not a man of emotion, just said, he's walking. Oh yeah. And I'm like, in what I thought was going to be a big father-son kind of mem- you know movie moment, he just gave me nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then, um, and we had lunch and we did the selfie, all that sort of thing. And he's gone, Trav, that question before, what, what's a bucket list, mate? Oh, no, it, it's all the th- all the shit you want to do before you die. And he turned to me with a little tear in his eye and said, "Oh, this has been fucking special." It's funny that when we do write down our goals and we've we've fired up about our goals, we just become really resourceful because you will find a way. Trust yourself; you'll find a way. This whole bucket list thing changes your life. End of story. And it's not just about you. It's about how you can connect with others. Has there been a moment along this journey in the last, you know, 10 years that it's hit you or even like, dang, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, this is my purpose. This is my mission. 100%. I've raised money for the Reach Foundation. The Reach Foundation is a personal development program. Uh, not-for-profit kids that have been on the streets people have been in you know abuse abusive uh, situations and this is a real youth leadership kind of organization that was set up by Australian rules football legend by the name of Jim Steins who's actually passed away from cancer now but he's left this amazing legacy called the Reach Foundation they asked me Trav can you come down and do a talk for the leaders of the Reach Foundation so there's about 20 30 young adults down at their head office here in uh, Melbourne and uh, went down there, did a talk about an hour and a half. And then this is, this is probably six years ago. And right at the end of it, in front of everyone, this young girl got up. She wouldn't have been, no, no one in that room was over the age of 22 or probably even younger. She was absolutely bawling her eye. You know, she was crying and I've gone, what, what's wrong? in front of everyone she said if my if my youngest sister had been here to see your presentation today she wouldn't have killed herself two weeks ago that how do you respond me. to that yeah geez mm. like even like i've told that story so many times it still gets me like yeah. i i just i got i got had, chills had a my wife at the time picked me up and was dropping me at the airport and i, I said to her look today's the day you know today's the day where i i really cemented my why what i'm meant to do and, and this is what I'm meant to do. Has there been an experience or one of your items on your bucket list that maybe didn't turn out how you wanted it to or the emotions that you expected to feel in that given moment in time, you didn't necessarily feel them? Oh, one of the things on my bucket list, I was a, I was a nude model for an art drawing class. <laughs> how was that? Uh, um, horrific. <laughs> Number one is about, you know, well, number one, uh, I, I grew up as a swimmer, you know, so I'm okay in, in speedos and, you know, all that. But, you know, you take those off in front of people, it's, it's, it's next level. So tip number one, don't do it in the middle of winter. Number two is don't do it in the art studio 
that's next to the coffee shop where you get coffee every single morning either. Don't do that in your local community. Don't do it locally. Number three is uh, make sure that you're the only the, you're the only person there. Fun fact: I was about five minutes into my awkward posing routine with about 12, 15 people in front of me with their easels, painting you, charcoaling you, drawing you, and latecomer came into the studio. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, she can sit behind an easel. No, no. She was the other life drawing model, a younger, hotter girl. I'm a heterosexual man. Oh dear, I'm screwed here. She's rocked up, stripped down, hopped right next to me. And I'm like, this part of my brain's don't look trapped. Don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. Look, listen to that one, didn't I? Oh dear. Remember that I've done all this psychology training. I've done all the... So I had to channel all of this <laughs> to to literally talk it down, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Over that, that was the, it was the hardest pun intended, 30 minutes of my life. Only 30 minutes. I thought it was going to be an hour, but yeah, that's. uh, (laughs) Don't put that on your list. Look, it's all about, it's all about, you know, expanding the comfort zones. It's, you know, that could be public speaking for a lot of people, conquering a fear, whatever it is. the, The thing is when you're faced with uncertainty, when you're faced with the challenge, when you're faced with that, that fear, they're actually the signposts. So on the other side of your bucket list is a you that you don't know yet. Right? That's what I want everyone to get curious and excited about. On the other side of your bucket list is a you that you don't know yet. And that's called your potential. Right? Imagine going through your whole life and not even knowing what your what your potential your potential is. Isn't that depressing? Very. Imagine yeah. going through your whole life and going, getting to the end of your life and going, oh, I should have should have I, I, I could have taken more risks I could have gone and that's that's the biggest regret you hear from old people on their deathbed I should have taken more chances I should have taken more risks I should have said yes when I said no and I I, I kept living in the shadow of my parents and and, and their expectations yeah mm. and I lived my whole life like this with this patterning so I want people to get excited about what's on the other side of their bucket list that's Sounds the like human you're on the experience. right path. Yeah. That's potential. That that for me, Tyler, is the human experience. I believe it. I'm in. You've already sold me in the last 54 minutes. <laughs> if a stranger came up to you on the side of the street and asked you what you did and you had to describe to them in 30 to 60 seconds, what would you say? I get that all the time on the plane. So what do you do? Oh, I'm an accountant. All right, cool. You're in that little box that I, I know is an accountant. And people ask me all the time, so what do you do? I'm known as the bucket list guy. That's what I do. That's what I don't try and explain it. And then they go, WTF question mark. What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. And then I can, I can go in, but it's designed to disrupt. It's designed to not compartmentalize me and put me in a box. Cause I'm not like that. Because if I say coach, they'll go, all oh, right. Okay. You're like a sports coach or something like that, or I'm a business coach or a life coach, or am I, I'm a speaker. Oh, you didn't mean like a motivational speaker or, or a, no, I kind of, I, I coach and I speak and I'm also the CEO. Or if I say I'm CEO, they go, oh, right, okay. What, what's your company? And and, and that, that then fits their model of the world. But if I say, I, they call me the bucket, I'm known online as the bucket list guy.com. And they go, what, that, I can't, I can't put you in a box. It's like, what, what does that even mean? And I can see the confusion. I kind of 
I love it. I love doing this to people, to be honest. <laughs> I, I go, what do you, what do you, like bucket list? I know what a bucket list guy. Yeah, I'm the world's number one bucket list expert. What does that even mean? What it, so in short, run around the world doing my bucket list and then people pay me to go and speak about it at their conferences. And I've got other bucket list coaches that um, are running around the world teaching our, our bucket list programs. And people go, right, that's it. Okay. Still can't put me in a box. If you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be? I've got a book coming out in about a month, actually. It's called The My Bucket List Blueprint, The Human Experience. Travis Human Experience. It's a bit egocentric, but I'd like to do something more philosophical than that. I think it's fitting. If you had 24 hours to live, unlimited money, could travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers and bring whoever you wanted, what would you do? I'd take something that could keep me awake for 24 hours. So I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't sleep half of that. Logically actually thinking this through because then I'd, I'd get the family. I'd get all the family, everyone I knew, jump on a plane and go somewhere and, and have a big party somewhere or go and see a bunch of different countries where, where no one would sleep. Everyone would experience stuff together and finish off maybe in Italy or, or something like that or a tropical island somewhere. What an average day look like for you? I was going to go grab my diary. An average day looks like I, um, I ride... Uh, I get up quarter to quarter to five, read a chapter of a book. The best time of my day to retain any information is as soon as I wake up. So, and I read a book with a pen. So I'm always writing ideas and stuff that I get. And they're normally sort of business or leadership, you know, entrepreneurial sort of books, not like Lord of the Rings or anything like that. Cause that's, that's good for the end of the day when I'm trying to switch off, but a businessy kind of book. And I'm on a mission at the moment. One of the bucket list items that I'm, um, trying to tick off is to read 52 books in a year. And we're nearly at the end of the year. They started off really thick and now they're getting like wafer thin. Hey, they count. Gonna, yeah, no, they count. I think they're going to end up like Mr. Men books, you know, like, like <laughs> start, started off at war and peace, war and peace. And now it's like Mr. Tickle. And I go riding. I ride with a bunch of, bunch of mates locally. Then it's coffee. And then it's into whatever meetings that I've got or podcast or media stuff that I've got booked in for that day. And I've got sort of different themes throughout the week as well. So it's Friday here in, in Australia. So I do a lot of my compressed kind of work in my business on Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, meet with my team of which we've got team all around the world and uh, do all that sort of stuff during the day. And I've leveraged, leveraged a fair bit to allow me more of the work that I want to do. And then at the end of the day, so I work from home and I've, I've designed my life accordingly and there'll be, I'm looking out the ocean right there and I surf. So I, you know, surf every other day as well. About five o'clock, five thirty. My partner and I we uh, we go up to the gym and and that sort of bookends the day as well. So I start with exercise, I end with exercise, and that's really good time out. Do weights and all that sort of thing, and then it's muck around with the kids as well before we go and hit the weights, and then it's after after it's family time. Uh, Non-COVID life might be. A, uh, you know, me, me speaking at some conference around the world or, you know, it just depends, you know, in, but in that day I'm coaching people, I'm leading my team. I maybe, you know, I've been doing a lot of online presentations lately, writing, doing podcasts, blogs, videos, et cetera, et cetera. 
you got a busy day. What's next, either professionally or personally, that you want to accomplish in the next six to 12 months? Publish the book, do a stand-up comedy gig, and to get on a plane again, that'd be awesome. My two takeaways from my conversation with Trav are, first, the power of writing stuff down so you can physically see it. And second is don't wait to build the perfect life. The life in your head only comes to fruition through small incremental changes where you say yes in the moment and you tweak your life to fit accordingly. You don't wait for all of the pieces to be set in place. You build them so they fit together. 